It's evil. It's diabolical. It's lemon-scented. This plan C can't possibly fail! So enjoy today, Mr. Krabs. Because by tomorrow, I'll have the formula. Then everyone will eat at the chub bucket, and I will rule the world! All hail Plankton! All hail Plankton! Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Tiana. And this is Next Door Villain. A podcast where we uncover the villains to discover their humanity. Hi everyone and welcome back to Next Door Villain Podcast, where Joe and I are going to be talking about... Plankton from Ooh. everyone's favorite show about a cartoon sponge, yeah. Spongebob Squarepants. And all of the wonderful sea creatures living under the sea. Yes, but none of them is perhaps more interesting than Sheldon J. Plankton. <laughs> exactly. Did you watch SpongeBob as a kid? Yeah, very much so. And I liked the show. My favorite character was probably Squidward because I felt moody and angsty my, during my childhood years. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually think I liked Squidward as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Something about his constant need for affirmation with his clarinet just seemed to strike a chord with me. Yeah. But um, but no, uh, Plankton was very entertaining as well. He's so angry and he does all these random schemes, which is very fascinating. Yeah, I I do remember watching a lot of SpongeBob when I was younger, but also my freshman year of college, we used to watch a lot of SpongeBob in the dorms. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why, but for some reason it was it was really funny as freshman college students. Right. In preparation for this episode, I rewatched some episodes, and it seemed even funnier now than it was when I was a kid. Maybe because I yeah. understood how, like how ridiculous the jokes are or how random they are. So like the writers did a good job at like including a lot of random humor that adults really like as well. So yeah, Very yeah. Cool. Ad- adults who hate SpongeBob, I, I think maybe haven't given it. The second chance that it deserves. Wait, there are adults who hate SpongeBob? Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. How? I've heard of them. I don't know any personally. And what kind of time do you have on your hands to be like, hmm, I'm going to think of an opinion in my head. This opinion is that I hate SpongeBob. <laughs> so many other opinions to think about. Yeah. So many more important things to hate. Exactly. <laughs> like Mr. Krabs, for example. Oh, yeah. Well, we should talk about that later, but yeah. before we start talking too much, we should probably give our listeners a brief reintroduction of the character. Yeah, by doing our 30-second competition, and um, you can vote for us on Twitter at NextDoorVillain. Last time, there were only three votes, <laughs> <laughs> and I won by one vote. <laughs> Woo! But yeah, go on to our Twitter at NextDoorVillain so that we can get more votes, and the winner is more credible. Yeah. <laughs> Who should go first? I think it's my turn. Okay. Are you ready? <sighs> yeah, I don't know why I said that, because I'm not ready at all. Okay. But, um, all right. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one, go. Who lives in a chum bucket under the sea? Plankton. Plankton. Um, plankton is this really tiny 
plankton, which is basically bacteria who's very angry and wants to steal the Krabby Patty formula so that then he can therefore take over the world with his wife, Karen, who's a computer, and live happily ever after and gain some respect in this harsh, cruel sea that he lives in and um, be a better plankton in life. Yeah. That seemed like a long 30 seconds. I know. But good. You got a lot in there. I, okay. I think that, yeah. was, that was a good, that was a good one. Good job. Yeah, I'm getting better. Yeah. Okay. All right. Your turn. Three, two, one, go. All right. Plankton is a character that was named after Plankton. <laughs> uh, he owns <laughs> he owns a restaurant called the Chum Bucket, and they make really bad burgers. So he's always trying to steal a famous burger recipe from the restaurant across the street. Um, he's the Krabby Patty. Um, so he's trying to steal the Krabby Patty formula so that he can make better burgers himself. And he's used to be best friends with the owner of the Krabby Patty restaurant. Boop, boop, boop. Good. Do we miss anything? Probably. Yeah, prob- probably. <laughs> I think that was good. That was good. Also, I can inform our listeners that if you want to jog your memory on Plankton, you can watch it on Amazon Prime, which Joe did not know about, even though he has Amazon Prime. And so he only had to rely on YouTube for this episode. Yeah, Sad. it's not available on Hulu and Netflix. Sadly. Yeah, boo. Anyways, so in the show, Plankton is probably the main antagonist who is in a lot of the episodes, and his goal is always to steal the secret formula to make a Krabby Patty, which is like this amazing burger hmm. that everybody loves. It's interesting why he wants to get this Krabby Patty formula, because his his main goal is to take over the world, but <laughs> so there must be some odd reason for why he wants to take the Krabby Patty formula. Yeah, so... I'll, I'll go into the backstory a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mr. Krabs is the owner of, what is that restaurant called? The um, Krabby Patty? What? The... Why can I not remember oh this right God, now? Oh my God, you're making me blank. <laughs> um, this is why I struggled in my 30 second intro because I could not remember the name of that restaurant. Oh my God, we are an embarrassment to <laughs> SpongeBob. And SpongeBob fans right now. Krusty Krab. Krusty, the Krusty Krab. Krab. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is the backstory behind why Plankton wants the Krabby Patty formula. Mm-hmm. So he owns this restaurant, the Chum Bucket, which is really terrible and nobody really eats there ever. And the restaurant across the street is the Krusty Krab, which is owned by Mr. Krabs. Which is and weird make... because Hardee's is really bad, but people still eat there. So I don't know why they don't try the Chum Bucket. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. <laughs> where, where was I? <laughs> I don't know. Mr. Krabs owns the Krusty Krab and he has this amazing Krabby Patty burger. And so Plankton wants to steal that so that he can make great burgers also. But it turns out Plankton and Mr. Krabs actually used to be best friends when they were kids. And they were both social outcasts. Uh, Mr. Krabs was an outcast because he was poor, and Plankton because he was really smart and everyone thought he was a nerd. 
So the two of them were friends and they decided to sell burgers to make some money, but their burgers weren't very successful and they had this big fight over the future of the business. We don't really know the details about it. And they both wanted to take this recipe with them when they split ways. They were both like trying to grab the recipe from each other's hands and it ripped and Plankton only got one small corner of it and he slammed the door as he was leaving the restaurant that they started. And when he did that, some ingredients fell off the shelf and onto a burger. And that's how the Krabby <laughs> Patty was created. That's totally amazing. by accident. <laughs> so Plankton has been trying to recreate the Krabby Patty, but he has no idea what's in it. He only has the corner of the recipe. And it's not even the right recipe that he has the corner of because it completely changed. And Mr. Krabs basically accidentally came up with this amazing Krabby Patty. Wow. I'd be pissed. Yeah, so like you said, his his stated goal is sometimes world domination, but I wonder if perhaps it's really more about this relationship with Mr. Krabs and mm-hmm. the fact that even though Mr. Krabs is not nearly as smart as he is, mm-hmm. he's got this really successful business and he's jealous. And maybe that's right. what this whole rivalry is really about. Yeah, and Plankton did not get what he deserved. Yeah. And... It sounds kind of like Walter White from Breaking Bad because Walter White was kind of snubbed from his friend who like got a prize in chemistry and then he was a teacher and then he won. But I'd be ticked because it seems like Plankton is always in the wrong place at the wrong time and Mr. Krabs is always in the right place at the right time. And that's just very unfair. Yeah. And the thing is like Mr. Krabs is not a great guy either. Yeah. He's really cocky. Yeah. And greedy. Like all he cares about is money. Right. And his his two employees at his restaurant, Squidward and SpongeBob, he treats them terribly. I like know. he's always yelling at them, always abusing them, always like trying to not have to pay them as much as they deserve. Mm-hmm. Yet, despite this, for some reason, Mr. Krabs is the good guy. Yep. And Plankton is the bad guy just because he wants what he what he really wants. Mm-hmm. Or what he really deserves. And and the very first time that he tried to get the Krabby Patty formula, he asked nicely. And Mr. Krabs didn't even give him a chance. He never <laughs> even said, yeah, let's collaborate. Or yeah, let's just do this together. Or here you go, because you helped me make this. Or because you helped me when we were friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was just, nope, bye. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of seems like, and this is all speculation, that the real problem is not that Plankton is necessarily inherently evil, but that he's had this ruined relationship, which has caused him to constantly... To constantly work hard at getting something that he feels he rightfully deserves and needs, because Mr. Krabs just gets everything he wants, and Plankton dies constantly, all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A lot of times, just because he's really tiny, he gets stepped on, people can just like flick him away, or... Right. Hit him with a spatula. Yeah. So one thing you you mentioned to me this thought about him having like maybe a Napoleon complex. Yeah, and he's so small that there's even this part in one of the episodes where Sandy calls the cops on Plankton, but they don't even see Plankton, so they arrest Sandy. <laughs> I mean, that's how small he is. He like caused havoc and people just kind of flick him away. And yeah, so the Napoleon complex, obviously the name is taken from Napoleon Bonaparte, who was rumored to be kind of short. <laughs> and it just means it's kind of like you have the lack of height and physical appearance of aggression that makes you want to be aggressive and to conquer the world. They use the drive to conquer as a way to deter the feeling of smallness when they are physically short. 
And oftentimes people who don't have any societal standing or importance tend to want to try and achieve that. And so they have this drive to kind of conquer and, and work at the expense of others even to try and get that respect and admiration that they don't already have. Because they are reminded of their inferiority all the time when they look in the mirror and they're short. Mm. Uh, Kind of a stereotype for short guys, sorry. <laughs> I know not all short guys are like this. Uh, but it's it's kind of evident in Plankton. Yeah. And it's not it's like it's not like Plankton is just short. Yeah. Like he's microscopic. Yeah, he's bacteria. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine how difficult it must be for him to try to get things done and like interact with the world when people literally can't see him. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely kind of relate to Plankton, like if you were really that small and people didn't really pay attention to you, you would probably have this intense drive to want people to do that, to want them to pay attention to you. And the only way maybe is for you to be aggressive and to conquer them and have them as your puppets or something. And so kind of along those same lines, one of our listeners, Hillary, sent us a message about Plankton and she suggested that he might have an inferiority complex. She said, when you can't connect with others, the next best route is to control and manipulate them for power. And mm -hmm. I, I thought this was a, a really interesting lens to use to try and understand Plankton. And it's kind of similar to the idea of the Napoleon complex, but it's maybe less about the physical stature and more about a, a general feeling of inadequacy and low self-esteem and uncertainty about one's ability to measure up. Mm -hmm. And I think you can definitely see how Plankton might feel that way, partly because of his size and then also because he's really, really smart. Like he's a mm -hmm. genius. He makes these amazing inventions. And despite that, because he's so small, people don't notice him or pay attention to him or listen to him. Yep. And that can certainly drive you to want to do crazy things like control people's minds so that you can take over the world and get a Krabby Patty formula. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned earlier that the first time that he tried to steal the formula, he didn't try to steal it. He just walked up to Mr. Krabs and asked nicely. Right. And, and Mr. Krabs said no. Yeah. Pretty and I thought No. <laughs> I thought that was interesting because on the Wikipedia page about inferiority complexes... <laughs> Wikipedia. It said that that feeling of inadequacy can intensify through repeated failure and discouragement. And Plankton is constantly failing and being discouraged. And maybe at the beginning, he just wanted to try to be a part of this thing that he helped start. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just accelerated because he continually feels like nobody cares and that he's a failure. And that is, that's just kind of added up over time. And it's slowly gotten more ridiculous and more ridiculous until we're at where we're at now, where he's got these really crazy schemes to try mm -hmm. to steal this burger formula. Yeah, it's like he's trying to fill a void and doing everything that he can to kind of make up for all of his insecurities or and things that he can't have. Mm -hmm. And so I have a question for both of us and for the listeners as well to kind of help relate more closely to Plankton and see ourselves in Plankton, because that's what empathy is. <laughs> My question is, was there ever something that you do now or did in the past to make up for something you have felt or feel insecure about now, past or present, whichever uh -huh. works? That's a great question that I think a lot of people can really relate to. For me, I'm really kind of quiet and shy 
and I don't do well in groups. So I think to kind of try to hide that, sometimes I'll go to the other extreme of kind of trying to take control of a group rather than be the the quiet one in it. Does that make sense? Do you know why my eyes are wide right now? No. But <laughs> because... I was wondering why you were staring at me <laughs> with that look. Because that's my example too. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that makes perfect sense. Or I guess my example was like kind of along the same lines. Like, I don't know if you feel the same way that we're naturally introverted Mm -hmm. um, and grew up that way. But especially in American culture, being extroverted and being social and being charming and witty with other people and even being the, the main focus of the group is important or is looked at with admiration in our culture. Yeah. This It's not like that in other cultures, but it is in the United States. But then when you grow up naturally introverted, you start to kind of like look for ways to adapt to that. So like I have also gone to the other extreme. In high school, I was probably obnoxious because I was trying so hard to be liked and to be the person who talked the most because whoever talked the most for some reason was looked at as smart. And so I, I, I could feel myself like trying to be someone who I was not. But then now I feel that I'm borderline introverted, extroverted because society has just conditioned me to talk <laughs> more yeah. than I have when I was like growing up. And yeah. 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 I definitely, I definitely feel, feel you there. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like one of the one of the real problems with that is that, at least for me, when I'm acting extroverted, I'm often performing extrovert. I'm not actually extroverted, so I'm not really being authentic about what I really want and care about. I'm just trying to be what I've been conditioned to feel like is what people will respond to. Yeah. So our examples were pretty much the same, which is cool. (laughs) But if listeners have different example, or maybe even if they just related to what Joe and I just said, you can tweet at us or Facebook at us, if that's a verb, I don't know. And, And let us know. We can air it and post it, yada, yada, yada. There's something that you've done to make up for something that you're insecure about, like Plankton. Yeah, it's kind of freeing to to share those insecurities. I know, right? We're expressing our feelings, okay? This is a feeling podcast. I don't know if you noticed. (laughs) So uh, Plankton does a lot of bad things. He does a lot of a lot of mind controlling. That's probably the biggest thing he does. That's bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty bad too. He mind controls people a lot. Mm-hmm. But what are what are what are some of his good traits? Mm-hmm. Things you like about him? We want to talk about the good traits because thinking about good traits of the villain that you're dealing with can help you relate to them and empathize with them. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't justify the bad right. things that he does. Yeah, do not try and mind control someone. We're not promoting that. That will not go well. And you probably can't do it as well as Plankton anyway. So... So Plankton, as you said earlier, is pretty dang smart. He said that he went to college, (laughs) which I don't know if anyone else in the life under the sea went to college, but that's pretty impressive, Plankton. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm sure SpongeBob didn't. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure Patrick did not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Patrick. Damn, Patrick wouldn't even be able to get into college, man. (laughs) Oh, that's... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but you're right. He he is very, very smart. We haven't really talked about this, but he has a computer wife named mm-hmm. Karen that he built himself. And she's like a fully artificially intelligent robot, <laughs> which is wow. pretty crazy. Like that he I know. created 
artificial intelligence. Yeah, like 30 years before, not 30, okay, maybe like 15 years before Alexa, guys. And Alexa can't even be a wife yet. So, yeah, there. Alexa, Alexa is like nothing compared to Karen. Yeah. So I, I looked up some of his inventions because some of them are pretty crazy. But uh, some of my favorite ones are Professor Plankton's mind control shampoo. This is a shampoo that allows him to control people's minds. He gives it to Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy so that he can control them. (laughs) Nice. Uh, He also invents stench vision goggles, which they they either give you the ability to see what you smell or to smell what you're what you see. (laughs) Which I don't know why you would want that, but yeah, it's still it's pretty cool regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, And then (laughs) this is this is one of my favorites. It's called the. Switch lives just to know what it's like, Omographifier, <laughs> which wow. allows you to switch lives just to know what it's like. <laughs> nice. That would be perfect for us. Yeah. He switches <laughs> lives with Mr. Krabs. Oh. So that he knows what it's like to run the Krusty Krab. Now, this is where I question his intelligence a bit, because as Mr. Krabs, he should have just looked at the formula. <laughs> He's like almost too smart or he like yeah. maybe overthinks a bit and doesn't think of like other simple things. <laughs> yeah. It's really a shame that he's so hung up on stealing this formula because he could be doing so many amazing things. I know. There's this one episode where he needs some money in order to enact one of his plans. And so he sells all of his inventions and makes a ton of money. So like he could just make more things and make more money and then be successful that way. Right. His his stench vision goggles sold for a thousand dollars. Nice. Only a yeah. thousand? I feel like that'd be like one point five billion. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my opinion on how much that is worth. Also, yeah, the ability to like take a machine and stuff it in a brain and control SpongeBob like that—it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And yeah, like, how do you do that? How do you? Yeah. There's another good trait. Oh, okay. Well, actually, one small good trait that I'll just mention briefly is first, I really admire how much he can get back up after failure, which may or may not be a good thing, but we'll get to that later. But the other thing that I thought was very like, aw, is that he loves his wife, Karen, so much. And he kind of teaches us the lesson that your spouse, partner, husband, wife, significant other, etc., should be your sidekick. And more people need to know that. And... Because he wrote a song for her and she always helps him when he's down or feeling sad and helps him think of ideas on how to get the Krabby Patty formula. Like she reminded him that in the Spongebob movie that he can do plan Z or I don't know, give him other ideas. And there's a part in one of the episodes, Plankton fails at getting the Krabby Patty formula for like the upteenth time. And he says, at least I can go home to a wife who understands. And I just... I had a little tear. I had a little tear just go down my eye. I was like, <laughs> how cute. <laughs> so that's that's kind of nice. Yeah, that is nice. So Plankton teaches us a lot. And now we can talk about our takeaways. Yeah. What we've learned from doing this episode. So one thing that I feel like I, I learned from Plankton is that uh, he re- he really fixates on this idea of getting the formula for the Krabby Patty, and it's clearly not good for him. He has so many other great talents, yet he's spending all his time and energy on this this one very specific thing that's 
clearly just not his forte. Mm -hmm. And that really spoke to me because I have a lot of anxiety. And so a lot of times when something goes wrong or something happens that I don't like, I'll, I'll really fixate on that thing when there's really no point in doing that because I could be putting my time and energy into so many other things. And I feel really bad for Plankton that he's not able to get over this fixation and move on to other things. But it's a nice lesson to apply to my own life to realize that it can be really bad for yourself to get stuck on one particular thing that's not really that important. Mm -hmm. And that can have even just a negative impact on your health, physical health even, and mental health to just be so obsessive on one thing. Yeah. And my takeaway is just the bounce off of yours that life sucks. No, um, it's that <laughs> you go through a lot of failure. And on a depressing note, sometimes maybe it's just best to quit and try something else. And sometimes the hardest thing for a person to do is to stop fixating on one thing and to stop doing it when it's not working. Or if you've tried everything in your power and it just doesn't happen. And you've only got, what, 80 years, give or take, on this planet. <laughs> Maybe it's best to think about trying to do something else. Charles Bukowski, a poet, one of his poems, he says, Find something you love and let it kill you. And that's just like one line of a, like, a longer poem. But Plankton is that line because he literally dies over and over and over again trying to get his passion of having the Krabby Patty formula. And I don't know if that advice from Charles Bukowski and what Plankton does is the best thing for someone. And on yeah, on one hand, I admire that he keeps getting up when he's down. But on the other hand, I don't know how many times he's tried and it you just need to, I don't know. Yeah. In American culture, at least, there's very much this idea that if you try hard enough at something, then eventually you can succeed and be really successful. But the reality of life is that there are some things that you can try really hard at and they just aren't your thing. Mm -hmm. And that is totally okay because you definitely have other things and you should find those things that you are good at and that do make you happy and pursue those relentlessly until you're successful don't get stuck on the things that just clearly don't work for you mm -hmm. yeah yeah plankton <laughs> yeah so i understand that you have put together a song mm -hmm. of some sort yes so i wrote some lyrics for like i kind of pictured this as like an indie song but sometimes when I practice it, it kind of sounds jazzy sometimes. I don't know. But so I wrote these lyrics. And at first I was like, okay, I'm just going to like recite these lyrics as a poem, but it can be used as lyrics for a song because it's kind of got that lyric vibe to it. And I meant okay. it to be lyrics. But then I was like, no, I can just sing on the air a cappella, which might not be very good, but it'll be maybe entertaining. Is this like... A song about Plankton or like yes. from Plankton's perspective? This is a song from Plankton's perspective for us to further understand Plankton and his thoughts and dreams and feelings in life. Okay. Well, singing live a cappella on a <laughs> podcast is always a great idea. Okay. And I'm ex excited <laughs> to see what you have to offer. Yeah. So I don't have any instruments. Um, that's what, yeah, that's what a cappella means. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but I'm just saying... 
that if a listener would like to take these lyrics and make it into a different song with an instrument that they have, they totally can and will post it everywhere on our social media. So feel free to do that. You can send it to nextdoorvillain at gmail.com or anywhere. I don't know. I'll get it somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and you can even take a different melody because this is just a melody I thought of on the top of my head. Okay. I think okay. we're ready. <clears throat> All right. So this is called Floating Away. When you look at me, you can tell I'm very angry. Always studying in my laboratory. I must be present for the great journey. Cause I know that when you look at me, like I'm a crumb to eat. I can't look at you because I'll laugh if I do. <laughs> um, but sometimes I wish I could be more than a bacteria in the sea. Oh, here I go floating floating away and all I wanted in the world was to have a proud day the current is a rocking basket of all my barriers and hopes and reefs oh here I go floating floating away and all I wanted in the world was to have a proud day I'm the only one who knows it then that the world needs more than what it admits. Here I am to bring the world the lights and the hits. At least my aggression keeps me alert with an itch. My only wish is to have you as a puppet. But I promise I'll give you more than golden wit. For I wish that we could all sing and sit under the chum bucket. Oh, here I go floating, floating away. And all I wanted in the world was to have a proud day. The current is a rocking basket of all my barriers and hopes and reefs. Oh, here I go floating, floating away. And all I wanted in the world was to have a proud day. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. Oh, you liked it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be a funny song, but it was depressing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was kind of depressing <laughs> yeah well plankton's life is kind of depressing a little bit it is it really is so i guess that's probably why yeah anyways that's um that's it for this episode <laughs> of next door villain yeah. thank you all for listening um, as you heard in the episode we do have a facebook page now so check us out there um, we're also on Twitter at NextdoorVillain. We'd love if you could leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing on iTunes. Yeah. This podcast is created, produced, edited, whatever, by us, Joe Anderson <laughs> and Christiana Hennings. And special shout out this week to Hillary, one of our listeners. She sent us a, Hillary. a great, what Reddit. did she send us? Reddit post. She sent us a Reddit post. And also a lot of thoughts. Lot yeah, of thoughts. she sent us some great thoughts about Plankton. And they definitely sparked a big chunk of our conversation today. So thanks for sending us those. If you have your own thoughts about any villains, feel free to send us those as well. We'll definitely try to work them into future episodes of this show. Yep. Peace. Peace. Peace.